seven minutes to nine and we cross to Hiroshima now and we're going to join RTHK's international economics uh, correspondent, uh, Barry Wood. Uh, Barry, good morning. Good morning to you, James. Uh, nice to have you on the show again, uh, this time though live uh, from Hiroshima. Uh, you're there for the G7. Uh, how's it looking so far? Oh, it looks great. Look, uh, the weather's good. Uh, we're in southern Japan. Uh, this is a, a good place, but it's highly symbolic, of course, because this is where the Americans dropped the, f the only time that uh, atomic bombs were employed, one in Hiroshima and then in Nagasaki a couple days later. That ended the Second World War in the Pacific. Look, the G7 is very important. Uh, Prime Minister uh, Kishida calls this the most important meeting ever held in Japan. Maybe he's right. But I think uh, one thing listeners may be aware of is that there's sort of two rival groups. One is the Group of 20, which has its summit coming up in India in September. And that is a much broader group. It includes China, it includes India, it includes Russia. And of course, the Americans and the Europeans are fighting with the Russians. The G7, on the other hand, meeting every year since 1975, it's really a management group for the global economy, but it's in recent years expanded. So now, you know, they're going to deal with climate issues. That's very important that all of these leaders get together and talk about it. And James, let's not forget, there's a series of, of ministerial meetings leading up to the summit, which mm. only goes on for a day and a half. But those meetings are the nitty gritty where the issues are talked about and actions are coordinated. And there have been meetings in Japan on digital technology, labor, foreign ministers have gotten together, environment, finance, science, technology, digital currency, all that. So this gets to be quite important. So stuff actually gets done at the G7. Is that what we're saying, Barry? That would be my view. Now, a lot of my colleagues in the media would say, well, these are just showpiece things that these leaders all fly in and their airplanes. It's like 18th century royalty meeting. But no, because of these preliminary meetings, and, and, you know, anyone would say we need coordinated action on climate. And, of course, for the Japanese prime minister, he wants to raise the level of awareness about uh, the dangers of, of nuclear proliferation. Korea, New Ukraine. So, yeah, I think things get done. Now, obviously, China and Russia are not in the room uh, at the G7. Um, what does that mean? Does that mean that uh, everything that's decided, you know, has got a particular flavor, a Western flavor, if you like? Well, that's true, except for Japan, which represents Asia, really. And then you've got these add-ons, you know, the Australians will be here, the Indonesians, the South Koreans, etc. But yeah, I think uh, you have to think of what is manageable. When you get people around a table, can you have seven or ten, which is the G7, they can talk pretty freely. And of course, then there's hmm. sessions over meals and drinks. When you get G20, you're talking 30, 40 people with very disparate interests. And yeah, that I'm saying that both meetings are very important. But I would say that as of recent years, and especially 2023, it's the G7 that really counts. How much um, does what gets done rely on the personalities, which you say, Barry, of, the, of these leaders? Do they need to like each other? Do they get on with each other? Is, is, there, some, yes. is there some element yes. almost of, 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 of fun that needs to be had in order to gel those yes, relationships? There is. That's absolutely true. And when you had uh, Angela Merkel, who was in office, what, 18 years, something like that? Mm. I mean, she was an anchor of the G7. And uh, President Biden, you know, he's um, uh, 
a bit uh, shaky at times. This will be his, what, third meeting, I think. Mm. Um, President Reagan and Margaret Thatcher dominated this organization for a while. But yeah, I think they have to like each other, but they do. Don't forget the Europeans, and we're talking, you know, the United Kingdom, France, Germany, Italy, European Union presidency. Those guys meet every two months, at least. But when you get the Japanese, Canadians, and Americans in the room, that gives it a lot more gravitas. So what about the Japanese flavor to these particular talks, the fact that they are in Hiroshima? We've talked about that. But uh, what is Japan expecting out of them? Japan is in a transition. Uh, They're building up a military that has been quiescent, almost non-existent since World War II. And that's really because they perceive a real threat from China's military buildup. And they're very concerned about North Korea and lobbing all of these missiles across Japan. So for them, for the Japanese, it is reaching out to the global south and having good relations with all those smaller countries, uh, you know, on the on the periphery of China. And, of course, um, talking about nuclear danger, you know, where else to do it but in Hiroshima. And then uh, the climate issue. They've had a lot of problems with, uh, you know, rising sea levels and they've had atomic accidents here at power plants. So, yeah, I think those are the Japanese prime Japanese priorities and they're being listened to. Well, we'll watch with interest over the next few days. And Barry's going to join us uh, tomorrow on the show to give us a little bit of an update. So, Barry, have a good day. Uh, We will speak to you tomorrow, Friday morning, with uh, more from the G7 in Hiroshima. Barry Wood, our international economics correspondent.